G'day community and welcome to another Jock Reynolds Supercoach podcast. I'm Lek Dog. I'm excited to talk GWS today. Before I do, shout out to Telebeats for always providing us that fantastic intro, which gets me very excited. And shout out to Supercoachchampion.com, who are offering you a deal. If you like Supercoach Championship rings, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, head to supercoachchampion.com. Check out their range of Supercoach rings. They've sent us a bunch to test out and look at. They're beautiful, well-made pieces of, of uh, bloody bling. And you can go in, get your league, $10 each. You can get yourself a ring, win a take-all, get the ring at the end of the year. It's fantastic. And they're supporting us, and they've got a special offer for you. Same day, free delivery. If you use the code JR2021, that is JR2021 at checkout, go to supercoachchampion.com, tell them Jock sent you, and have a bloody ball. They're amazing. Go on our Facebook page. There's a video of me opening one. It's amazing. It's the best. They're the best things. All right. Another Pocket Podcast here today to talk the GWS Giants, and I'm joined by none other than Azza. The beautiful human being. How are you? I am absolutely fantastic, mate. I'll tell you what, you've um, really talked up those rings. I'm definitely going to be getting one after this podcast after that. Mate, they're they're awesome. I've got a whole collection. Uh, we use them in one of our keeper leagues. I won last year. It's just they're an awesome little uh, collectible memento. They're bloody fun. Oh, that's great. No, I... Um... Love that little intro. That's going to be fantastic. I'm going to have to remember that for any of the uh, other pocket profiles I'm in. <laughs> All right, as we're here to talk GWS Giants, I find myself a little uninspired heading into this podcast after looking through their list. Oh. Uh, off the top, we'll age the podcast. We know that Lockie Whitfield is missing time with that bruised liver, and we know now that Braden Pruce is out with a shoulder in doubt for the early part of the season. As a, they're kind of the most relevant GWS players. Well, yeah, I know that goes pretty much half the podcast. Um, but you can now put them, I suppose we can put them into the past category, can't we? Uh, there's definitely no way I'll be touching Lockie Whitfield with that news that he's going to be out for probably close to six weeks, maybe even two months. It's... It's a long out for him. And then, yeah, the news today, Braden Pruce. Oh, that's going to throw a huge uh, trouble for all those super coaches out there. It's made me rethink my team for sure. But, oh, look, I think there's still value to be had within um, GWS. And for me, I think it's probably a good place to start with the lock. And who is your right, lock? Right, Well... My lock is someone that I won't be selecting, but he's <laughs> just about the closest thing I can have to a lock in this lineup, and it's Josh Kelly, $615,000. I'm going to con- contradict myself when we get to the knocks, so don't worry out there. <laughs> Averaged 115 Supercoach points over 2020, played 14 of 17 games. Look, it's the same old story for Josh Kelly. Huge upside, 
downside is that he'll probably miss football. And and unfortunately, that probably doesn't make him a lock. But, hey, if this is the year that he plays all the games, <laughs> geez, you're going to be looking good. Oh, and especially with all the injuries that we've got going around in the uh, in that mid-premium range, you know, with uh, Lockie Neal injury affected, Clayton Oliver the news today injury affected, Patrick Dangerfield injury affected, they're dropping like flies. So somebody like Josh Kelly, don't mind that pick as a as a potential lock. I had him as maybe a bit of a knock, given the return on investment as someone who is the twelfth most expensive player in the game is probably not there, but for with them dropping like flies, I reckon Josh Kelly could be a bit of a um, astute pick. Yeah, well, he's averaged at least 113.8 since 2017. Like We know he can produce mammoth scores, but of course, the question is health. And for that reason, I can't actually recommend starting him. But he's a lock to be a good scorer in 2021. Just... Not 100% sure how often he'll be able to do it. Who's your lock, as? Uh, for me, it's probably someone we'll maybe touch on a little bit more in because uh, I know you had this person uh, as your breakout as we were talking off air. But for me, my lock is Tim Taranto. I absolutely love this kid at GWS. He's been on the up and up. And yes, he may be cruel by injuries in this fourth season, but all the stats are projecting upwards. And I reckon it's just going to keep going upwards into 2021. I reckon he's probably going to be averaging in those high 105, 110. And given his price, it's hard to pass that value up. And for me, that makes him a lock. Yeah, look, he's really intrigued. So I'm happy to talk about him as a breakout contender now. Look, look he, like you said, he ticks a lot of the boxes. The, the beast calculator likes him a lot. Uh, came back from injury last year was able to pump out an average of 96 from round 7 to 12 and then only the 75 from 13 to 18 but he certainly showed signs and look surely if they're going to be a if GWS are going to be a respectable team this year they're going to have to win a bit more ball in the midfield be a bit more effective and he's a damaging player he can he maybe his downside is that he can impact all over the ground if he yeah. has to so <laughs> Maybe the worry is that they use him like they use Stephen Caniglio, sorry, Ganigliog in the forward line last year. Hopefully they don't do that to Tim Durento this year. No, I, I, I dare say that they'll probably be the reverse. We'll probably see Canilio move more to the, the forward line, Taranto really in the in the inside midfields. I mean, there's plenty of talent still left in that side. Um, you know, with Jai Colwell out, that also gives some more um, center bounce opportunities to Tim Taranto. But uh, I know we'll touch on a bit later. Tom Green's going to be uh, the very one that would be interesting to watch and how that might impact um, the centre bounce attendances for GWS. It will be very interesting. Um, I think, like you said, that some talent left that side. Obviously, Zach Williams left the side. He didn't play much midfield last year, so that doesn't impact. Can we trust them to play Tom Green in the side regularly? Does uh, Caldwell missing hurt much? Like, I don't actually see where the extra midfield minutes are coming for most of these guys, other than just, I don't know, who are they taking midfield minutes off? Are they going to play Canelio Ganigliog in the forward line more? What What's going to happen in this in this side? I think I think as we touched on, yeah, yeah, Stephen Canigliog will probably move more forward. Um, Hopper's, you know, a pure midfielder. He had 75% of the center bounce attendances last year. He was the number one ranked midfielder for GWS in that category. Josh Kelly probably will maybe miss out on a bit of time, move more to the wing as we've seen in past. 
still have Matt DeBoer in the side and how he's best utilised, whether that is through the midfield or up forward or is it, you know, a small um, tagger. We're just not really sure. And then, of course, there's Callan Ward to speak about too, who's been in and out of the side through due to injuries. If he's going to get a run early, there's also midfield minutes there that uh, could be impacted. Yeah, it's an, it's a really interesting one, this GWS outfit, but I still feel like, and it's kind of hard because Tim Taranto, we're not really basing what we think he's going to do if we talk about him as a breakout uh, or a lock. We can't really base it on what he did last year. We've got to go back to Correct. 2019 where he averaged 102.4 for the year, played all 22 games. Scored uh, in the finals. He had three of four finals. He scored over 100, including a 143 in the, that you know awful grand final. Yeah. The kid has chops. And I think coming in at a discounted price, like you mentioned earlier, all these injuries are coming through for primos. Maybe finding value in the midfield is going to be where successful coaches get a leg up. And maybe this guy's the first step towards that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've, um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in future articles of Jock Reynolds, but yeah, it, it does really start to feel like this is going to be the year for what we took mid price madness. And there are a lot of those players in around that 400 to 50 mark, um, like Taranto, that does prove some good value. Um, the other one, obviously, being Matt Rao from Gold Coast, who is just an absolute beast and will likely set the world on fire as he should have last year. But there's going to be a lot of players that will um, that do represent that value. But for me, Tim Taranto is the one that I keep coming back to, and he's been in my side quite a lot because of that value that I'm looking for, someone around that price to really break out and reach the lofty heights of that uh, top 10 midfielder becoming that premium keeper. All right, let's move on to Knox. I'll, mine will be quick. I'm just going to tee off against... I mean, it's not even their fault. It's probably all luck and bad luck, but GWS is fitness stuff. All these players oh. are getting injured. Josh Kelly doesn't play full years. Lucky Whitfield, he's injured. We got Proust down. Callan Ward barely played last year. All these guys miss time. I know it's just luck. I know it's not their fault, but gee whiz. I want you to be super coach relevant, GWS. It's the only thing that's going to keep you in the news. So give me some consistency, please. And God, don't drop Stephen Kidney-Gilliog again. Jesus, come on. Come on! Wise words there. It's 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 been an interesting preseason. And, oh, geez, I just hope that there's not more, much more to come because then there'll be a lot more questions asked of the fitness staff for sure. Azza, and you had a knock against Josh Kelly. I think we've pretty much covered it off. Do you have anything further to say about no, him look, as a selection? I, I, th- I think we've talked about it <laughs> enough, given his fitness. There's, there, I really don't like him. Um, even though he does average so well, it's just too big of a risk. If you're really wanting to get somebody as a premium player, you really want to make sure they're going to be playing every single game. And Josh Kelly does not tick that box. So for me, he's a knock. All right, let's talk to Bolters. Now, we've both selected the same man here who we just touched on before, and that's Tom Green. Mm-hmm. I think this is a guy, let's look at his current ownership, shall we? He currently is in 7.5% of teams at time of recording. I reckon we're going to see, after the first preseason game, after the intra-clubs and the scratch matches, I reckon we're going to see his ownership creep up to 15%. Maybe up to 20%. I think there's going to be a lot of hype on this kid. And 
it might be it might be justified. Do you, do you have any thoughts on Tom Green? Look, I, I think you're exactly right. There's already been um, some element of hype. I know the um, the Phantom is a huge advocate of Tom Green. He's on the train. He reckons he's the next uh, huge breakout, probably even likening him to the Brayshaw break, breakout of um, 2020. I am a little bit more sceptical. I'm not really seeing it as of yet, but I reckon, yes, you're right. Those preseason games are going to be valuable to see how he's implemented into that GW side, how much center bounds attendance he uses, where he's played, the structure of GWS's midfield, that's going to give us more of a bit of an insight into Tom Green and how he's going to play into 2021. If he does happen to be in that midfield more than 70%, if he's racking up the possessions, if he looks the goods, it'd be hard not to pick him. But again, we've been burnt by preseason selections before. I know I was. Darcy McPherson's the prime example uh, for <laughs> yes. me. I really don't oh. want to have to fall in the trap where Tom Green becomes the next Darcy McPherson. Fingers crossed it doesn't happen, but we've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I fell for that one. So I, I fell for that one. Yep. I was all in on him. Tom Green, uh, we know what he can do. Had the 30 disposals against the Demons in round 17 last Ooh. year for a score of 119. But he's only played six games. He's 351K. Yes, in theory. If the stars align, he should be a fantastic selection and breakout. But this is a guy I'm probably happy to catch on the up. If if it gets to, you know, if he tons up twice in the first two rounds, he's someone I'll look at maybe sliding one of my other mid prices to. But I don't think this is a player I want to start. I'm sure he'll be a fantastic super coach player for us for years to come. But at this stage, I, I don't actually have any data to, to bank on him. I know he was good in the juniors, but to be honest, most footy players are good in the juniors. That's why they're footy players. No, totally agree with that, Lek. That's uh, fantastic. Well, let's move on down to the breakouts. We've already talked about my man, Tim Taranto. Once again, probably not a guy I'm starting, but a guy that I think has scope to break out. But you, Azza, have brought Lachlan Ash to the table. I don't know a lot about this kid, so I'm intrigued. Yeah, I really think that there's a good potential for somebody like him or Isaac um, coming, I'm going banking on Lachlan Ash, that with the absence of Zach Williams out of that half-back line, that somebody will need to pick up the slack. And for me, Lachlan Ash really looks like the type of player that will go that extra distance and will fit that mould that Zach Williams had of, from last year, which means there's going to be a nice, healthy bump up in his super coach average this year, which really really intrigues me. I haven't got him in my side at the moment, but keeping an eye on him, again, preseason matches will determine it there, but for me, he's the one that really looks like he's primed for a breakout in the absence of Zach Williams. Yeah, Lachlan Ash, 320k defender, averaged 60 in 2020s. Three games, final three games of the year, he averaged 81 and showed us sort of, he can pump out decent scores. He had a 93 against the Blues in round 15. Uh, he was pretty solid in that game, um, but the Blues, you know, yeah. we didn't make it easy for ourselves. We don't <laughs> need to talk about that. Like, he's an intriguing one because you're right, there is a void of significance in defense. No Heathshaw, no Zach Williams. So some of these guys are going to have to pick up the points, but I just don't know, as you said, which one it's going to be. Um, Ash played 12 games last year in his first year, which is a, a good sign that they, they want him that best 22. Exactly. and. We talk about security a lot now that we know we're only going to get teams 24 hours out from games. So making sure they're in their best 22 is important. And I'm not sold on him uh, totally. 
Azza, but I I appreciate your point. Um, if I had to choose one, I'd probably be looking at uh, coming myself. Yeah, the only reason I'm not sold on coming is, again, because we didn't see too much of him versus Ash last year. I reckon they're probably more suited to getting Ash in the side. And then, of course, we'll talk about this gentleman in a minute for, for my pick. But Jacob, where's also the other person that might make um, that trend into the back line ahead of someone like coming could be really interesting to see where that goes in the preseason yeah the gws giants have got a few players into that uh to that i don't know what team i guess your team i was trying to think of a fancy name but it's a team uh in the off season there's a few and there's a few young up-and-coming defenders on their list they also bought in uh was it cam fleeton i think cam fleeton and they've got guys like uh what's his name Starts with F. F, F, F. Flynn? Flynn. Yeah, there's a lot of young guys pushing into this team and they still give like Lachlan Keefe games. So, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of unknown, yep. I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And someone's got to pick up these slack, but I just don't know who it's going to be. Let's push on to our traps. And it's funny because I talked about this guy being a bolter, <laughs> but he's also my trap. I think everyone's going to jump mm-hmm. on, but he's my trap. It's Tom Green. I see the validity, I see the points, but I I see understand the thought process when people talk about selecting him. But I don't think it's going to pay off for you. I think it's going to backfire. I think of all the 300K options, he's not one that I'm super keen on. And I just think you're wasting a midfield spot on him. And for that reason, he's my trap. I reckon that's fair. I mean, I've mentioned it just, yeah, just briefly before that, I'd hate to see it, but I'm already getting eerie Darcy McPherson vibes that, you know, if he gets into that preseason, absolutely dominates with huge scores that people are going to jump on him and then sadly get disappointed in the season proper. It's not something I want to see for sure, but uh, I think that is a very astute trap. For me, I've gone with Callan Ward. Again, we are seeing people jumping aboard this mid-price madness train and there are players that really do offer value. Callum Ward, for me, isn't one of those players. Sure, he's averaged huge in seasons gone, but the injuries have just taken their toll, and he's just no longer the player that he used to be. So for that reason, he is my trap. Look, I think look, I think he does objectively present value, but it's not nearly enough value <laughs> to warrant a selection. Like He's going to outscore his 409 points, $409,000 price tag, but not by a hell of a lot. <laughs> I think if he was a four-line player, maybe I'd be more inclined to look at him, but yeah, well. eight games in the last two years and just didn't look the same when he came back. No. Did play a little bit forward, but yeah, no, it's a big no from me as well. But people will get sucked in because they see the fallen premium and he has done really well. So he, he does scream trap. Yes, I agreed. All right, our passes for this year. As a, I've got Nick Haynes. Nothing against the bloke. I think he's, you know, obviously had a really good year. Was hyper, has had his value hyperinflated by some really strong performances, and then came back down to earth a little bit last year. And five twenty-eight thousand. I think for a little bit more, you can get a Rory Led. For a little bit less, you can get a well, a Daniel Rich. Listen to the Brisbane Whoa. podcast. Nick Haynes is my pass. Totally get people who pick him, but he is not one that I will be looking at 
How about you? Yeah, and for me, I'm on Toby Green as my pass. He's only had one full season in the past nine years. He's always going to miss a few games, whether it's through injury or suspension. And he's been utilised in so many different positions that his scoring is just all over the shop as well, too. He he can has the potential to pump out some huge scores. We've seen that. But at the same time, he'll also disappoint us with some low ones. And given that invariability, given the inconsistency, the durability factors, there's just not enough for me there to pick him. He is my pass. And similarly with you and Haynes, if you want to pay a little bit more extra, you're going to be able to find that premium player that's going to serve you better than someone like Toby Green. Yeah, I agree. And people are going to be looking for players in the forward line because, as always, it's, you know, there's not a heap going on there. And with Green showed that he can pump out some some really, really good scores when he is in the forward line, which he was from looking at these stats round 13 through to round 16. And we saw him pump out like a 105 in that period of time and a couple other dud scores. It's just, it's just a no. <laughs> it's yeah. a straight no, nope. he's a bad selection. Maybe a good one when he drops down to 380k later in the year and you can Potentially. jump on him for cheap, but no, nah, it's a no from me. And you mentioned this man before. We're going to talk about rookies now. As a, you mentioned this man before, Jacob Ware. Talk to me about him. Oh, look, he's, uh, oh, he's mid... Uh, sorry. <sighs> Take a breath. He's a mature age recruit who's come to GWS, was a late pickup, uh, but he's a stylish halfbackman and he's got a lot of talent. He was, you know, recruited from the Sandform from Woodville West Torrens, highly touted kid, and his greatest asset is his kicking, and I think it's going to be really important to have somebody like that in the GWS style. Similar because they've lost, you know, Zach Williams and Heath Shaw, he's the kind of player that you're going to be looking to to hit targets both long and short and just he's a playmaker and that's going to be someone who's really important and given the news that we've been hearing out of the GWS camps that he's flying off the track which we love to hear sure it's a cliche but it means that for a super coach rookie he is going to be very firmly in the frame for a round one debut that's all I need to hear and so that's why he is my rookie pick from GWS. I think if he's named around one, he'll be in most of the bloody teams yeah. in the competition. He's uh, already in 36% of teams, and we don't even know if he's going to play. It's it's bloody beautiful to see. My man is another mature age recruit from last year in Thomas Hutchison. He They recruited him last year. He was already almost 25. He was, you know, 24.8 years old or whatever it is, <laughs> and he was turning 25. They bought him in. They said, we want this kid to play. We've bought him in to make an impact. And as a midfielder forward, injury struck and he was unable to. He finally got into the team in round 12, scored 36 super coach points. Then he got injured again and missed effectively the rest of the season. They've been hyping him up on Twitter. They've been posting highlight footage of him kicking spectacular goals. I just think he's a guy at $135,000 this year. I just think he's a guy that might sneak his way into that round one team. It's going to be a small forward role probably, which isn't ideal. But at this point, I'm looking for any rookie that's going to play this year. And if he's named in round one, which I think he could be, they bought him into play and I think he's going to do just that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. He's 
currently sitting in my uh, M8 spot, and that's been floating around between him and Finlay McRae and other players. But yes, you're wholeheartedly right. If he is named round one, he will definitely be likely in my side. There's a lot to like about somebody like him, and uh, the rookies are going to be far and few between this season. So round one, bring it on. No, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm very much looking forward to speaking to you again soon, Azza, but for now we must depart. I hope everyone enjoyed our super coach review of GWS Giants. Thank you for joining me, Azza. Always a pleasure, Lek. Thank you for having me on this Pocket Profile.